Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you doing, my dear? Just marvelous. Coming to Florida next week. Can't wait. Snowing. That's right. That's right. You're going to be off the the next two. Yeah, you're going to be off the next two weeks, right, in Florida? Yeah. I got to actually shoot some golf tips for Golf Pass, believe it or not. Very good. Yeah, you got to do some work. It's about time. (laughs) Only kidding. Well, I gave him a little bit of grief last year about having all these young whippersnappers doing all the tips. I said, you need a little diversity, equity, and inclusion. You need a couple of old farts <laughs> doing some tips. Right. So I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They took you up on it. All right. We got, we got a great show for this. Yeah, exactly. We got a great show for you this morning. Uh, we're going to be joined here momentarily by uh, our first LPJ Epson Tour player, Becca Huffer. She's going to join us here in just a minute. And then you and I, Cindy, are going to step into the no BS zone a little bit later and talk about everything from awkward lies to difficult weather, some of the challenges that uh, some of our amateur golfers might be faced with out in the course this season. So we're going to talk about that. But um, let me remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or really anywhere uh, great podcasts are heard. You can tune in and listen to us there. Um, all right, we're going to start with our guest here this morning. Let me tell you just a little bit about her, and then Cindy will bring her on. Uh, Becca started playing golf at the ripe young age of six years old, and uh, professional rookie season was 2013. And 2022 season in a nutshell, uh, she played 20 events with 12 cuts made, leaving her with just a little over 23000 in official earnings, putting her at 64th on the official money list. Uh, her best recorded uh the tournament was uh, tied for seventh at the Copper Rock Championship. And some of her hobbies include, of course, listening to music, photography, snowboarding, drawing, and, of course, watching movies. So, Cindy, let's welcome our player this week, um, Becca Huffer. Good morning. Good morning. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get ready. <laughs> yeah, I should yeah, I should have noted that Becca's in Arizona right now getting ready for the next Epson Tour event. So she's uh, up at just a little after 6 a.m. their time. So uh, we appreciate you getting up and, and wiping the sleep out of your eyes to come on and join Cindy and I this morning. <laughs> Cindy, do you want to – thank you. 
Do you want to go uh, first, Cindy? No, you can go first. Uh, all right. Uh, take that note. Um, so I want to start off something interesting. I was reading in, in some of the notes that we got yesterday. Um, you played, of course, last week in the Florida Natural Charity Classic, uh, where you tied fourth. Um, but what I really want to talk about is not so much about the rounds uh, as much as the hole-in-one, uh, which was your first since 2018. Uh, and believe it or not, was on the same course and on the same hole. Uh, definitely a great start to the season. So my question to you is, um, what was the hole? And do you remember the yardage and what club you used? And did you use the same for both times that you uh, got that hole-in-one? Yeah, so it was fun getting the hole-in-one again. Um, It was on the 17th hole out at the Country Club of Winter Haven where we were playing. And it was playing 180 yards. And I did just kind of a little easy four iron. And it was... Actually, it really, it was a very nice shot. <laughs> we were all watching it go, and I was kind of wondering, like, did it go in? Or, and it was like, yeah, I think it's in. So it was pretty cool. And like you mentioned, it, the weird part was that my last one was on the same hole in the same tournament. I think it was the same. Wow. It was the same club. I don't remember if it was the same yardage exactly. But, right. Uh, yeah, but... just kind of fun. <laughs> So that that makes two for you now then, right? Um, two. I've had four total. I had um, oh. one, I don't know, three or four years before that in the same. So I kind of go in spurts. <laughs> but wow. I, I it, guess I was got... due because last fall I flew one in the hole and it didn't go in. So <laughs> I was like, ah, come on. <laughs> A dunk that came well, you... out? Yeah, it hit the hole, took out a chunk, but came out. <laughs> oh, how wow. ticked off. With... So, I was due. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. You definitely got, got some bragging rights there with four. Um, that's um, that's unheard of. Not too many people can, can uh, attest to that, uh, that uh, luck. Um, yeah, so I it, ask it is you... all luck at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, obviously you hit a, a great shot, but again, when you consider the size of the hole um, and the size of the ball, for it to, to go in like that is is pretty uh, pretty incredible. And to be able to do that is, um, and especially on the same hole on the same course, um, is is pretty pretty incredible. So congratulations on that. Thank so you. I, I want to go back. You're welcome. I want to go back to last season. Um, 2022, um, you had a pretty decent season, you know, played in a lot of events, played pretty much, I think, in all of the events, uh, made most of the cuts, obviously a few you didn't, um, and didn't do too bad overall, probably not as, as well as you would have liked to have, but still pretty decent. What were the, some of the takeaways from last season um, that you recall? What were some of the things that you learned along the way in your journey last season on tour that you're going to bring with you this year in hopes to uh, to finish a little bit better? Um, from last year, I had a good finish to the season. I, honestly, the middle wasn't very good. Um, so it was kind of, it was actually a pretty disappointing season for me. Um, but I think going in, like I finally kind of figured out with my putting what I, how I wanted to do it. And uh, results were much better. Like I think the last four when we were in, Alabama and Arkansas and 
Florida um, were much better, and then I did stage two of Q school and tied for first there. So I just kind of got some results that um, I was happy with at the end of the year, especially the putting. And it was kind of kind of at the point where I'm like, I need to figure this out or figure something out. So um, and it kind of just went down to just getting out of my own way with the putter and just like trusting and seeing lines and um, letting it go and that's uh, been much better like I cut it well last week and uh, results were kind of there so I'm excited to take that into this year and see how it goes. Do you, yeah that's very uh, very observant. Do you think a lot of the players on tour kind of run into a similar situation? I mean some maybe it's you know uh, they're a little rusty at the start of the season and sort of warm up and some kind of dip in the middle of the season like you did and then kind of come back with a, a much stronger finish. Um, but you think putting is a big factor for a lot of – because I hear that – and the reason why I ask it is I hear that from a lot of the players that come on. Is, you know, everybody seems to be – they're pretty good ball strikers. Everybody's pretty, you know, for the most part, pretty good off the tee. But the putting seems to get sketchy throughout the season. Is it hard to maintain that consistency with your putter throughout the season? And what do you think – causes that is it just fatigue from playing so many events what do you think the reason that a lot of players seem to go up and down like a valley um, with their putting um you know i think everyone has their own thing with the putting um it's always been kind of for me a little bit of a struggle since even college so um you know i think it's it's you know as a professional everyone's good like you said at hitting and you know approach shots and chipping and putting for the most part but there's a big difference between shooting a couple under par and five or six under par, which is when putting really gets, you know, you need to make your birdies. And I think that right. that's where it's most noticeable at this level um, is when you're leaving very like good birdie chances and you're not making them or, you know, not saving par when you need to. And I think that's why everyone knows like, okay, it's the putter that's letting me down. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> It's just, I guess, the most noticeable thing. Like sometimes you're like, okay, well, I hit it bad today, but that's a outlier. It's like, okay, it just wasn't wasn't my day. But um, sometimes when you're struggling with your putting, it's it just gets really noticeable. <laughs> and for me, it definitely yeah. was, and it it was kind of a whole year sort of thing until then. So, um, yeah. and a big part is like just trusting it. Yeah, because even if you're not hitting well. Um, you know, as well as you'd like. I mean, you're still hitting well compared if you compare yourselves to, to amateurs. But, um, you know, as long as you're able to recover decently, um, if the puttering is really stellar, you can really make up. I mean, we've seen players on, on all tours that will go out there and, um, uh, you know, I hate to use the term spraying, but, they're, you know, the, the ball's going everywhere, including the rough. Um, but yet their, their short game is, is good enough to get them back in play and then they make up for it in putting and still shoot a decent score. So um, I, I agree with what you said. I think uh, the putting tends to be where a lot of people are losing their strokes at, at your level because you're not getting there. If you're not hitting a solid shot and you're not hitting good, you know, pretty good off the tee, you're not going to make it on tour. So um, really the only thing left is putting, and obviously the, the mind game uh, can play tricks on you throughout the season as well. So um, very interesting um, assessment of your, of your season last year. Cindy, uh, go ahead. Tell me, okay, two things. I agree with you on the putting, 
and there's a feel like that happens, right? That when I played, I just had this thing that came over me that just felt really good, that it was like, I've got this. And I knew what I was doing, and I knew that I could make everything that I looked at. And I wasn't thinking about it. It was like, shut up, don't ask me what this is, but I just know what I'm doing. Is that kind of what you have going? Yeah, Yeah, no, kind of. Exactly. I kind of... I did where I was, uh, okay, I, I know I can chip well. <laughs> What's the difference between putting and chipping? It's like, oh, it's because I don't think about it. <laughs> so I totally right. agree. <laughs> yeah, so just go stupid and don't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, okay. there's the line. Now hit it there. So the other thing is um, you've started this season out really well, and – You've played for a while. There's nothing wrong with any of your stats because I went and looked. And it's kind of like now where you you say, look, I hit it far enough. I know what I'm doing. I've been out here long enough. Just let, well, we, I can't say it out loud on the thing. If I was with you, I would tell you because I, I have a, a bad mouth. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and say just let it fly and let it rip. And you know you can do this, and you know you can play. Is that the attitude this year? Yep, definitely. <laughs> you got okay. it. <laughs> uh-huh. Good girl. Good girl. I am absolutely on your bandwagon. I'm going yeah, to follow you. you. Do this absolutely. You got. You got to go for it. You got absolutely nothing to lose. Yep. What do you like about playing? Uh, my favorite part is the competition. And that's that's basically it. <laughs> okay. And where'd you go to college? I went to Notre Dame. So. You did? I did. And did you graduate? I did. What was your major? I graduated in industrial design. Yeah, like product oh, design. <laughs> This is way more fun than doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, so keep letting it rip. Um, that golf course is so hard. Don't you think? Uh, it noted the Winter Haven? I don't know. My son played in a tournament there. He played at Augusta State. Oh, okay. And the- I'm like, oh, my God, we were looking for balls for these guys all day long. <laughs> the wind can really pick up there. So it's well, like, quite you know windy. Like, oh, my God, we were looking for balls all day long. Anyway, um, so where's this tournament this week? It is at Longbow Golf Course in Mesa. Oh, I played there. Yeah. It's a good course. We have a little mm-hmm. history. After um, after college, I actually uh, came down and worked at the cart barn there. So, well, there I know you go. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mhm. Yeah, All it's right. fun to be back, and it's in good. It's in really good shape. Playing fast and firm, so it should be a good week. 
It should be a good week. Okay. I like this. Ted, you can talk now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I've been holding my breath the whole time, and I was starting to go blue. So, um, so, so Becca, let me ask you. <laughs> no, I'm always happy to sit here and listen. You know, it's always interesting when you listen to, um, you know, Cindy, the, the players when they come on and, and um, you know, just their approach. You know, I wish so many amateurs would have the same uh, approach, very and I don't want to say laid back, but just relaxed. You can you can hear the relaxation in your voice, even though it's very early in the morning, and I know you've got to get your day going and that. But there's just a confidence that, that exudes from the players when you're listening to them. Even when they're struggling with parts of their game, they have just they know themselves so well and know what they can and cannot do that they're comfortable in their own shoes. And that's a, that's a great you know, position to be from, to, to, to play from. Uh, and that doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles and 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 so forth in in you know in your journey, but um, you become very comfortable. You've worked very hard to get where you have, and you know what to expect out of yourself. And sometimes there's disappointments, and sometimes there's some elation, like that hole in one you got last week. So, um, you know, that's a, a testament really to the the mental toughness, if you will, that the players have, especially this day and age. It seems to be getting better and stronger. Um, than even in decades past. So, um, so I'm going to have just a, a couple of questions here that I want to ask you, Becca. Um, you know, everybody hits some bad shots and has a, struggles when they're out in the golf course. Do you have a go-to shot? Um, I think when it's really going bad, where you're like, I, I don't know if you know, just it's not good contact and the ball's going everywhere. I go back to like it's a just a down you know punch shot and you kind of know okay it's going to be a little short but i know where it's going so for me mm-hmm. worst comes the worst that's the shot right and do you have a favorite club in the bag um probably my wedges either my 56 or 60 degree i love my my chipping <laughs> very good and you know Jack Nicholas famously talked about this next question. Um, he was asked this on some courses. Of course, he was a left-to-right ball striker uh, most of his career. There was a brief period of time that they tried to get him to um, change from right to left, and it just didn't work. Um, and one of the things that was asked of him is, what do you do when a hole doesn't fit your eye? So if you're a left-to-right ball striker and maybe right-to-left uh, holes don't really favor your style of shot, um, what do you do? How do you handle a situation, or or does it not apply to you? Um, I think it does. I don't. I play a little bit of a a shot, but not a ton. But you know, there's always the holes that don't fit your eye, and you're like, yeah, this isn't my favorite off the tee. And I think on that one, I've really gone to where I'm like, okay, just really focus on where I want the ball to go, like the target, and just even more so than when the 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 shot fits your eye. It's like you just gotta don't worry about anything besides this is my line and the point. And usually that helps. Yeah. Nicholas talked about when he was asked that question years ago, um, he said when it did fit his eye and he really felt good about the setup of that hole, that he would be much more aggressive in his play. In other words, he would go for it, it, you know, obviously unless there were circumstances where he knew he wasn't going to be able to be, but for the most part, he would be more aggressive. He'd be going for that birdie 
um, if it didn't fit his eye, he would play more conservative, and he'd be happy if he got out with the par, um, or even a bogey in some cases, depending on, again, the circumstances. Is that kind of the same thinking on your end as well? Like, if, if it's not a real good fit for your eye, and it just doesn't sit well, obviously you want to do the best, and if, if a birdie or what have you comes your way, but do you think to yourself, okay, if I can just get away from with a par here, I'll be happy? Oh yeah, definitely. There's definitely those holes where like, is it just it, it plays hard, or you know, just where they have it set up is one where it's like, yeah, it's, it, a birdie would be really good, and sometimes it happens. And you're like, wow, I just really gained a stroke there. But yeah, for the most part, it's like sometimes you just got to get away with, you know, play it smart and get away with par. Yeah, I think I think that, and that all falls into sort of course management. I think you have to have a good strategy when you're out there. Um, because there are going to be holes. I mean, you've got 18 holes around and there's going to be situations where some are just not going to sit well with you. And um, I think the difference between a player of your caliber and the weekend golfers out there is they don't factor that in and they just think, okay, well, this is, you know, a dog leg right um, or a dog leg left, whatever the case may be. And I'm just going to rip it and rip it. And they don't factor in that maybe it doesn't fit their method of play. And they tend to be just as aggressive with that and doesn't always uh, favor them very well. So it's some very good advice. Hopefully the listeners will pick up on that. Um, last question that I have is obviously each season you set some new goals. What are some of your goals this season? Obviously you want to get a win under your belt, but um, are there any other specific goals that you have in mind this season? Um, yeah, definitely like a win or two. Um, I, I really like this year to just finish in the top 10. So that's my goal and that's what I'm going for. So, so far, so good. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of season left. So. Yeah. You're just at the, yeah, it's at the second event of the year. So you've got, and I think mm-hmm. there's what, is there 20 again or 21 this year? I think uh, there's event. 21. They added a new one. Right. That's what I Utah. thought. I think it's 21. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, yeah, and, and it's good to have. Uh, now, do you have any other smaller goals? Like, do you set as far as um, your overall play? I mean, obviously, you want to win some events this year, and you want to finish in the top 10. Um, those are, are sort of seasonal goals, but do you have smaller goals that you want to set, like week to week? I want to make sure that I get, you know, X number of, you know, greens in regulation, or I want to you know, make so many putts. I want to get my putting stat down. Do you have any sort of, you know, different goals like that in mind as well? Or is that not something that's really in your, in, uh, in your uh, No, I do. Yeah, I do for sure. I mean, uh, every week, my a big one for me is just trying to always avoid doubles. So having nothing bigger than bogey, which is, which kind of, it does make a difference at the end of the day. Um, and then like smaller ones, uh, with the putting, you know, like I'd love to have a lower putting, like greens per regulation, because just going through mine, I, I tend to hit a lot of greens. So, you know, average putts is when they're higher, it's like it's a little harder to have a I average 27 putts, like 29 or 30 is okay. So that kind of stuff um, is always like, yeah, round around, week to week, um, kind of main, maintenance stuff, you know, getting four or five birdies around is always kind of a, a goal as well. Very good. Um, Cindy, go ahead. 
what would you tell a junior a junior golfer who is really committed to playing may tend to try too hard and has some parents that might push them a little bit too much boy or girl with all your wisdom that you've gained from playing what would you what advice would you give them um i think i'd i'd tell them to make sure they're having fun and i know I, you know we've all run into those kids um and sometimes it's not an option but um Try to have fun and try and enjoy uh, each day at the tournament, the people that are around there or, you know, the people that they practice with at their course. And um, at the end of the day, kind of try and feel like, well, what, do you really like doing this? Is it just for your parents or going to college? You know, kind of figure that piece out. But um, the people that stay with it the longest have enjoyed just being out there and having fun and having a good time over shots. And it's hard to sometimes get away from being like a perfectionist on the course. Like I think literally everyone I know is. So um, just uh, try and step back a little bit and kind of be like, I'm, I'm lucky to be out here and playing golf. Awesome. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. Very good, yeah. Very good advice. Um, you know, it, it it's tough. I think you know, Becky. You know yourself going through college and playing collegiate golf, and then coming out here, and um, you know, now playing on a professional level. Uh, it, it can be stressful for even the the best players out there, um, week in week out. It's a challenge, I and mean, you're playing 21 events this year. It's a lot of golf, um, and you know, you've got to keep yourself focused. Is there anything specific that you do to keep your, your mind in the right frame, if it, you know, right frame of mind, if, if it will? What do you say to yourself when you're out in the golf course? Um, it's, it's, it changes every day, kind of. Uh, you know, when it's going well, it's always easier to uh, stay, stay focused in a good mindset. And, but you're always going to have a bad shot or a bad hole, no matter what. Like, even if you're playing really good, it's going to happen on a tournament. Like, And just to kind of reframe your mind, be like, okay, that hole's done. There's literally nothing I can do about it now. I need to move on to the next shot and um, go from there. And it's always just kind of, you know, looking forward to the next shot, the next tournament and stuff, but also not getting too far ahead of yourself and, Trying to stay in the present a little bit as well. Some good advice. Yeah. You know, there's really not a lot you can do, but try to keep as positive as possible. You are, as you said, you're going to have some bad holes, some bad shots. And, you know, the idea is you have to put it behind you and focus on the, sh the task or the shot at hand uh, and move forward. If you start looking back all the time or uh, with regret or, or what have you, then it just kind of stymies you for the rest of the round and you're just not going to play very well. And unfortunately, there are times when players get themselves in that in that uh, frame of mind and it's uh, hard to dig it out. And, and uh, there's some players, you know, you can tell that uh, 
at some point they've just sort of given up and uh, they're like, okay, well, I'm just going to get this behind me and I'll focus on the next event next week or what have you. Um, and it's tough. So um, if the best players in the world are doing it, it's uh, no surprise that some of the high handicappers out there are also struggling with that. But, well, we appreciate Becky, you getting up bright and early in Arizona to, uh, to speak with us this morning. And uh, I guess you have a practice round today. Is that right? Yeah, planning them to get out there and do a yeah the Tuesday practice round all day. So get an early start perfect. today. Well, have well, fun well, and let her rip, baby. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's right. Get a, a good breakfast in you and <laughs> rip it and rip it, as they say. Go out and have a good uh, good tournament this week and. Uh, uh, best of luck, and thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. We appreciate you uh, spending some time. Have a good one. Thanks so much. Happy, happy to be on. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Becca Hopper from uh, the LPJ's Epson Tour, getting ready to play in Arizona uh, this week. Um, very nice young lady. She was actually on last year. Um, we were talking about it before, uh, her and I, before we went on air and uh, just very, as I said, very laid back, very relaxed. And I think that's uh, that's a good place to be. I think, don't you agree? Yeah. I don't you know, remember being. You can, yeah, she. Uh, I think she was late last, or early last year, rather. She mentioned something about that. It might have been a, the previous year, but because I, I recognize the name, but either way, uh, we were happy to have her this morning. All right, you and I are going to dip into the no BS zone in just a moment. But first, here's a quick message from Golf Tips Magazine. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, Equipment, training aids, accessory, and apparel reviews. Golf destinations and travel tips for every budget. And so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, good morning and welcome back. For those of you just tuning in uh, to the Women of Golf Show, I'm Ted Odorico and with me here is Cindy Miller. And we're getting ready to jump back in to another episode of the No BS Zone. And uh, this week, Cindy, we're going to talk about awkward lies and difficult weather, uh, two areas that uh, we all face. Uh, so in this week's discussion, uh, we're going to discuss uh, a wide range of trouble shots in golf, and, um, or as many as we can fit in. And what do we mean by that? Well, here's some examples. The first one, and Cindy, I know we touched a little bit about this, I think, last week, uh, but playing from sloping lies. Uh, maybe the ball is above or below your feet, uh, or you're on a side hill lie. Um, and you're obviously going to be faced with uh, many of those throughout your round, and um, it's a good idea to understand how you deal with a situation like that. So you can go ahead and maybe just start a little bit, uh, sort of a recap, if you will, of how to deal with sloping lies. Well, I have, uh, I get confused. Let's say we're going uphill, and you're mm-hmm. playing right-handed, and your right foot is below your left foot, and you're shooting straight uphill. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So 
the ball will shoot straight up. So you must take extra clubs. That's number one. So I kind of play it in the middle of my stance. I don't play mm-hmm. it further forward. Then it's going to go further straight uphill and fly shorter. So some people might play it further back in their stance so it doesn't go straight uphill. But I play it in the middle, and I take one or two extra clubs so it doesn't balloon to the moon. Uh, and then I just play it normal. It might draw a little bit. It might go a little left if you're right-handed. So you absolutely have to play more clubs because it will go really high. So for people, when I'm giving a lesson, if people are having trouble getting the ball in the air, I put them on an uphill lie. What about you? Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, What people have to remember is, uh, and I'll just do a real quick synopsis of just some examples. I won't get into too too much detail because we don't have a lot of time. Um, but when you're dealing with a sloping lie where the ball is either above or below, what have you, uh, maybe on a side hill lie, you want to adjust to the slope. So one of the things that you want to do as an example, as you mentioned, you know, in, uh, where the ball uh, is on a hill and you're hitting up the hill, um, I think it's a good idea. You want to have the ball about the middle of the stance. I agree with that. And the reason you want to use a little more club, um, say, for instance, you're typically the distance would be an 8-iron for you. Uh, you don't want to hit an 8-iron because the loft of the 8-iron, uh, the club face is quite high, and now you're just adding more loft. So you want to maybe back down to a 7 or even a 6-iron, again, depending on the distance, because you want to actually use a club that's going to de-loft a little bit to compensate for that uphill. But you want to uh, uh, make sure that when you're taking your stance that you're factoring in the slope. So as an example, your shoulders uh, on an uphill, you're not leaning into the slope because that way what's going to happen is when you come back in, you're going to end up thumping in behind the ball. So you want to let your shoulders sort of uh, be parallel to the slope, whatever you're on, whether it's above, below, what have you. Same thing with the side hill lies. When you're dealing with that, um, if the ball is, uh, if it's on a side hill but it's above, um, you don't want to necessarily adopt your typical posture. You might want to stand up a little bit more because the ball is quite a bit elevated and you shorten your grip a little bit so the club's not as full length. Um, but again, I usually, like you, I play it in the middle of my stance because I want to make sure I make good contact as opposed to having a little bit forward. Same thing with the downhill lie. It's a little bit different where you're, you're above the ball um, and the ball's below your feet. You want to maybe scooch down just a little bit so you want to lower your center of gravity. So if you make adjustments like that, you're going to be able to hit the ball more consistently, and I agree with you, moving it to the middle of your stance uh, ensures you're going to make better contact. Otherwise, you're just going to hit into the ground, either behind um, uh, or what have you. And you don't have to play it too far back. Middle of stance is plenty. Um, <coughs> pardon me, but um, that usually is, is the rule of thumb when you're playing uh, from a sloping lie. Um, we're going to move on to the next one, because I know I dragged that a little bit. Um, hitting it for a heavy lie. What are your thoughts here? I would play more lofted clubs. I would put it in the middle of my stance. I would hinge my wrist up almost immediately and chop down on it. So kind of pick it up and chop down just to chop it out of the heavy grass. And it'll come right out. Yeah. One other thing, too, that, um, and again, you want to be 
very liberal about this. You don't want to be too, um, you know, do this too much. But another thing that a lot of people um, will find is, especially in a thick rough, is the grass will catch the club. And what I mean by that is the hosel, which is the sh- bottom of the shaft, which connects to the club face, um, a lot of times gets caught up. So they, you know, a good recommendation is to open the face just slightly. So that way, um, and some players don't do that, but I certainly do uh, recommend that because what will happen as you're coming into the ball, especially coming in so steep, a lot of times it's, the hosel will get caught up in the grass and it will shut the club face and sometimes make it a little bit more difficult. So that's something that I like to recommend as well. And again, whenever possible, when you're at the practice tee, when you're out at the range, practice that finest spot on the range where you've got some thick rough and practice those types of shots because you are going to be faced with them. And there's a lot of things, but I agree with everything else that you said. I think that you, you want to uh, take a, a much more, um, not a typical backswing, but you want to bring the club up a little bit quicker and really chop down because you're, you're going to have to, and don't be surprised some cases where you might get a bit of a flyer lie, which means the uh, grooves of the club face are not really connecting solidly with the ball, so you're not getting backspin, and uh, it may even go further. Um, so you have to factor that. There's a lot of things to factor in on a shot like that. What about a bare lie? Ground is very hard and dry. Uh, anything different we need to do here? Um, I think this is harder, you know. I mm-hmm. I just I try to hit it off the leading edge of the club, and I might play it back in my stance and, again, hinge my wrist and really try to chop it out because I don't mm-hmm. want to hit it. Um, I don't want to hit it fat, you know. I just I want to yeah. let it go down and try to hit it clean, mm-hmm. but that's the one that scares me a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, yeah, and a good example of uh, a, a lie like this, you know, most golf courses are kept very well, um, but a, a good example of this, what you know, what you can mean by a bare lie is if it rolls into a, an existing divot. Um, obviously, the grass has been has gone. Somebody hasn't repaired the the divot, and uh, you've got this little strip of of ground, of bare ground. And if they're playing somewhere like out in Arizona, where it's a little drier, uh, it can be a little hard and firm. Um, and you're not going to necessarily take as deep of a divot in a case like this. And I agree. I think with the leading edge, you want it to almost. I hate to say it, but you're almost clipping it out of that. Um, You're certainly hitting down like you would with any iron shot, but um, you're almost clipping it through because, uh, again, if the ground is really, really hard, um, the thing that you have to guard against, especially if it's a hard ground, is that the club bounces off the ground. Um, um, Like hard pan is is another example of that. So it is a tough – it is definitely a very tough, and uh, you want to make sure that you always follow through with whatever shot you're taking. Um, you want to make sure you have a good follow-through. Otherwise, you're just going to stump the club into the ground. But that's a good example of a bear lie as well, and uh, it certainly is a difficult. Um, I want to jump over to the other topic a little bit, and that is playing in difficult weather conditions. Uh, wind is a big factor. Rain is another one. Um, let's start with the, the wind. Um, I think if it's a mild wind, you know, maybe up to 10 miles an hour, you know, there's not really a an over lot of change needed to be made. But I think when it starts gusting up around 20 uh, miles an hour or even more, this is where I think you're going to start uh, needing to make some changes. So what, what are some of your thoughts here in a, in a gusty, windy day out in the golf course? What do we need to do? You know what I learned? I, when you throw the grass up, 
you need to make sure that you watch the grass because sometimes the grass soars and flies and sometimes the grass gets knocked down. So when you throw the grass up into the into the air, watch what the grass does. So if the grass goes flying out, the ball is going to carry farther. So people think, oh, we're with the wind. It's going to go farther. That's not always the case. And the funny right. thing is when you saw on, um, if you watched the players on Sunday, mm-hmm. did you, because, again, I watch all this stuff. Scotty was on 16 watching the players in front of him knock it in the water on 17. Yep. And so was um, the Lee, the young man Lee from Australia. And they were both watching these guys hit it in the water. And and they were mentioning that they couldn't feel the wind on 16 green that was on 17 mm-hmm. tee box. So right. they were to finagle, you know, they're thinking ahead, which, of course, you shouldn't be doing. But on that particular situation, they're all doing <laughs> because that's so scary. And and so when you get up there, you need to know whether or not the, the wind's going to knock it down or carry it further. So that's a big deal when it's blowing, you know, 20 miles an hour. And then you have to judge your distance appropriately because, again, how many guys knocked it over the green? If you were watching, you know, a lot of balls went long. And Alan, Mm -hmm. my husband, played on tour for a long time, so the only time he ever hit it in the water on that hole playing many, many, many years at the Players' Championship was when he hit it long in the water, never short. So that being said, be sure you pick the right club and play the right playable yardage with the wind and judge it whether or not the ball is going to be knocked out of the sky or fly further. That's the biggest thing with the wind, in my opinion. Yeah, because I think if the wind comes from either side, whether it's a right to left or left to right, um, is not as big of a deal because, again, depending on your shot shape, um, you know, you can make adjustments there with just a slight aim difference. Or if you're a draw of the ball and the wind's coming from the left, you know, you can draw it into the wind, and that sometimes will, will help a little bit or vice versa. You know, if you're a right-to-left ball striker and the wind's coming from the right, you can draw or fade it, excuse me, into uh, that right you know, uh, to left wind uh, to hold it up a little bit. And um, usually you can be pretty safe. But, yeah, when it's coming from behind you or even in front of you, uh, it can make a big difference in in the yardages that you play. The other thing, too, I just want to mention, you know, again, not so much in a light wind, but when you get gusty wind, and this applies both whether you're on the tee, out in the fairway, or even on the green, you might want to adopt just a slightly, and, again, you don't have to go crazy with it, but a slightly wider stance just to make sure that you're playing from a stable base. Some people have very narrow stances, and when you start getting winds of, of 20 miles an hour or even more, um, you're going to find that it's going to cause a, a shift in your balance. So it's always good to play um, with a little bit wider stance to make sure, even on the putting surface, that you've got a good stable base to work from. So those are some good tips, I think, uh, Cindy, that you mentioned. And, uh, and lastly, I just wanted to add it about the stance. Rain's a different story. This is really... Um, I don't mind a, a nice drizzly rain. It's not so bad. Obviously, it's going to affect uh, ball flights a little bit, the distance and so forth when you're playing in the rain because the conditions. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously most people, if it's really heavy rain, uh, don't particularly like. But is there any tips that we can give them um, for a day when you, when you are dealing with some rain? I would say you've got to have rain gloves. And there comes a point where 
you know, you might be out there and you might be trying to hold an umbrella and have a rain suit and try to keep dry. If it's pouring, it comes to a point where it just doesn't matter. Quit trying to fight it. If you've got rain gloves, just let it be wet. (laughs) Don't worry. If the rain gloves, they'll help. The towel is going to get wet, the umbrella, you know, you're going to drop things. You're going to be trying to worry too much about everything. Don't let it bother you. Just try to wipe the towel or the grip off, make sure the gloves are working, and let it rip, you know. You're going to get so aggravated by trying to stay dry that you're going to hit worse shots by being aggravated than you are being wet. Yeah, you just have to accept it. Yeah, accept it and let let it go. Yeah, and and that's why it's always good to have some extra, you know, gloves in in your in your golf bag and that because you may have to change uh, a couple of times throughout. Uh, if you don't have rain gloves, in other words, but if you have typical uh, golf gloves, you might want to have a few extras in there just in case to keep them. And again, keeping the the grips uh, as dry as possible. But again, don't become fanatical. If it gets a really heavy downpour, get off the course because usually uh, there's probably going to be some lightning in the area too. So you definitely don't want to be out there. I think the other thing that um, just to keep note of, and some people don't factor this in, is when you've had a little bit of rain uh, and the ground starts to get moist, you're not going to get the same roll. So if you hit your driver off the tee, typically if it's a pretty dry conditions, you're gonna the ball's going to hit, and depending on how high you're hitting it, um, you might get some extra rolls. So you might get a few, you know, it could be as little as five yards. You might even get as much as ten yards extra distance with the roll. Um, whereas if the conditions are wet, um, it's typically um, might not roll as much or might even stick, especially on the greens. I mean, the ball is just going to plug uh, or stick on the green, and you're not going to um, you know, get any roll with it. So you have to factor that in when you're hitting uh, your shot. So if you've got a shot where maybe the green's in the middle, and typically you play to the front of the green and let it roll back, that's not going to happen um, if it's really wet. So uh, it's more like just going to plug right up there, uh, on the front of the green. So you have to factor that in. So you might have to take an extra club and hit a little closer to the pin um, to prevent that. So those are things that you have to, and again, if it's just a mild rain, it's not as bad, but when it starts getting a little bit wet out there, uh, you're going to notice the ground softening up and that's going to affect the distance that your ball is going to go uh, as well, not only in the air, but also on the ground. So those are things to uh, to keep in mind. And the last one is playing from a plugged uh, or even a sloping lie. We should have talked about this really, the sloping, uh, in a bunker, bunker shot. So let's talk about the plug lie here first. Um, you've hit a nice shot, unfortunately ends up in the bunker, and it's not a nice bunker shot. It's now plugged into the sand. Do we do anything special here, Cindy? Yeah. <laughs> if you're in a greenside bunker and the and the ball is buried or plugged, you're going to set the face and align the club face to the target, and you're going to set your feet 45 degrees to the right, so very, very closed. So the face is pointing at the target. Your feet are going to be very closed. You're going to swing the club back on the line of the target. So you're going to kind of be standing backwards. Club Mm -hmm. face is at the target. Your body's backwards. You're going to swing it on the line of the target, and you're going to chop the snot out of it. And the ball's going to pop right out. <laughs> yeah, the, the real big difference. Yeah, the real big difference I think is with the club face. Typically, with a, a normal bunker shot, you're going to open up the club face and use the bounce of the club of the wedge, if you will, uh, to sort of help get through. 
Um, but with a plug lie, you don't want to be able to do that because it's going to skip right over. So, yeah, you have to have that uh, club face has to be closed in a sense to um, uh, or certainly even square um, to your target line. And I uh, now I don't necessarily close my my stance quite that much, but I do use a slightly closed stance because, again, um, you're trying to sort of chop that ball out there. And if you're lucky and you get on the green, uh, get it out of the sand and on the green, I think that's a pretty good shot. Don't expect to be, you know, hitting any sort of a miracle shot. Um, I think if you're able to just on a shot like that where you've got a plug ball and a bunker, I think if you can just get out on the green, I think you're you're a pretty good shot. What do you think? Yeah, be a happy camper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, just quickly on the sloping uh, lie, again, uh, similar to to what you might find out on the on the golf course, uh, obviously you're you're burying your feet a little bit into the bunker and that. But same thing apply. You want to aim appropriately. So if you've got a, the ball below your feet and you're above the the, the ball, um, you know you want to aim in such a way because again it may come out left to right for right-handed golfers uh, a little bit. So you want to maybe aim uh, not necessarily right at the pin, depending on where it is, but you might even want to aim slightly left. Uh, to allow for that little bit of a, uh, it's not really going to fade, but it may pop out that way. Um, the other thing that if the ball is below your feet like that, uh, you might have to lower, you have to, in other words, you have to bend a little bit at the, the legs, uh, sort of scoot your uh, center of gravity, if you will, uh, a little bit more to get down to the ball. So if, if the ball is well below your feet, um, if you take a normal stance, you're going to be well, it's going to be hard to get down to the ball. So you want to sort of scoot yourself down a little bit. So more flex in the legs is what I'm talking about. Uh, more of a sitting down. Um, and, um, you know, there's a lot of things that obviously it's very difficult when they can't see what we're talking about here, but, uh, there's so many great videos, uh, out there. And obviously if you're working with a golf professional, these are some shots that we've talked about today that you definitely want to, uh, have them talk to you about and demonstrate even. Uh, what to do in a situation like this because you're not going to get perfect lies. Uh, unfortunately, that's just part of the game, and uh, you have to be able to handle these shots when you get out there and know what to do. Um, otherwise, you're just going to make some some crazy things. But I think that's a pretty good uh, analogy of, of all of the different types of shots. There's obviously many others that you may be faced with, but those are some of the more common ones. What do you think? Any final thoughts? I think those are pretty good, and most people that um... – are listening may not even play in the rain. <laughs> yeah, the rain. I yeah. I used to, you know, in in hindsight, I used to love not as much anymore. But uh, I didn't mind playing in the rain in a night, nice light, sort of misty rain. It was always fun. Uh, the course just, you know, the grass smelled great, and it was just kind of fun. But yeah, I, I hated playing in the rain. It was always. Uh, very uncomfortable, and after about you know seven or eight holes, you start getting feeling like a wet cat, and it's just not uh, not very fun. Um, but you know, it, it's true. I mean, let, let's be honest; it's true. And and unfortunately, the tour players don't. I mean, unless it's dangerous conditions, as I mentioned earlier, with with lightning and things like that, they don't have the option of of walking off the golf course and and you know getting a rain check or something. Um, they've got to play unless, uh, you know, conditions get to the point where it's unsafe. Um, so they have to practice that, and they do practice that. And, that, you know, these are, you know, people are always saying, you know, practice isn't very fun, but you can take shots like this and actually make it fun. 
um, by just working on some of these areas. These are areas that typically most amateur golfers do not practice. I guarantee it. I've been up, uh, I don't know how many years, watching on the range, watching people play, um, or uh, practice rather. I have yet to see very many people. I could probably count on one hand. Um, unless they were in a playing lesson, or not a playing lesson, but in a practice lesson. Um, and even then, very few people practice these shots, very few, except for maybe the pros. And even them, there's some that probably don't practice them as much as they should. Um, so I think, I think that's, you know, if you had a typical practice session of your own that you're going up to the range, I would spend probably maybe 15 minutes if you're going to be up to the range for an hour, I would spend 15 minutes covering not honestly every single one. Maybe you can do some this time and then switch out the next time you go up there to practice and try some of the other ones. But I would practice, obviously I'm not cleaning the weather, but um, you know, I would uh, practice some of these different shots and maybe about 15 minutes is plenty just to give you an idea of how to handle those types of shots. And I think you'll find when you get faced with that out in the golf course, you're going to be a much better player because you're going to get those situations. I don't care who you are, where you're playing. Um, everybody finds themselves in one of those situations uh, on any given round. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. And Yeah. And it's, and it's good to know what you're doing. So um, practice makes, uh, makes better. It doesn't make perfect, but it makes better. And practicing with a purpose definitely makes you a better golfer. So, those are some thoughts on awkward lies and difficult weather. There's obviously a ton more that we could talk about, but we just wanted to give you a little bit of an overview uh, of some situations you might be faced with. So hopefully um, they will help. Um, if you missed it or you're coming in late in the conversation, you can go back and listen to the show. And uh, you heard a great interview with Becca Huffer as well, our LPJ Epson Tour player earlier on. Uh, and then you can listen again to the No BS song. Um, but on that note, uh, Cindy, have a good couple of weeks. Uh, show those young whippersnappers how it's done with some of those great videos that you're going to put out, and uh, we'll see you back in a few weeks. But on that note, thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Women of Golf. God bless, and have a great rest of your week. And, Cindy, I'll see you back in a few weeks. Okay, thanks, Todd. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary.
Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.